Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase. An ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at uaspr.org. This episode is titled, Creating a Divine New Order Movement. Here is Neon Emerson Chase. Think what it would mean on your world if somewhere there were a world center of civilization, a great planetary university of culture, which had functioned uninterruptedly for 37,000 years. And again, pause to consider how the moral authority of even such an ancient center would be reinforced were there situated not far distant still another and older headquarters of celestial ministry whose traditions would exert a cumulative force of 500,000 years of integrated evolutionary influence. We'd have a different world today, wouldn't we? By the way, that was taken from the Urantia book. If Caligastia had not participated in the Lucifer Rebellion 500,000 years ago, we would have that celestial headquarters, that planetary headquarters. If Adam and Eve had not defaulted in their mission about 37,000 years ago, we would have that world center of civilization, that great planetary university culture, and we would probably be moving in close to the first stage of light and life or be in those high planetary mortal epics that are of mansion world status. Obviously, we're not there. Last week, we talked about how barbaric our cultures are here on this planet. Even the high-tech societies, from divine pattern and celestial over-controls perspective, very, very barbaric. But now, now it is our responsibility here to bring forth that world center of civilization, that planetary university of culture, and a headquarters of celestial ministry that will establish new traditions based on cosmic revelation. There's been a lot of publicity about the Hale-Bopp comet. Um, it's bluish in color, um, as many comets are. Um, it's interesting, and I think most of you are familiar with the Hopi prophecy. It's been highly publicized of the Hopi prophecy that basically states that in the end times, when there's a time to make a shift into a new world, uh, that a blue star will appear in, in the heavens, and that will signalize the coming of their, the fifth world, is what the Hopis call it, because presently they believe we're in the fourth world. Well, we know, and they say that this fifth world is a much higher world. It's a new and a fresh world. Um, and we know that that fifth world of the Hopis is really the fifth epical revelation and continuing that we 
are destined to bring through on this planet, that we apostles of the divine new order, we change agents, um, need to bring forth. Gordon Michael Scallion states um, that the blue star that he prophesied would be coming around in 1993 before the Hale-Bopp comet had been, quote, discovered by Hale and Bob, uh, would be, a, you know, that this blue star would not be a normal comet, that, quote, this celestial object is pure spiritual energy, a star made manifest by spiritual forces, a star co composed of light beings. And then he goes on to state that these light beings are coming here to help bring about the great change on this planet to bring in the new millennium of light. And, of course, on the Internet, if any of you are pursuing the Hale-Bopp uh, stories on the Internet, a lot of people are going nuts with all kinds of uh, conjectures and that type of thing. We know that um, things aren't, there aren't coincidences and that there is a reason for this. And maybe, maybe it is just a wonderful comet that's going to come our way that has a few unusual manifestations, unusual um, to the astronomers because um, no other comet that they've studied has behaved quite the way Hale-Bopp is, so they have all these conjectures and stuff. But we, we don't even need to have that sign in the heaven, really, to know. That sign in the heaven is for the rest of the people on the planet. And we can utilize it, though, of course. But we know just from our own personal experiences and our own movements and changes that are happening within us, the own, our own lights that are going on within us, that um, this is a happening. And we've had that strong spiritual pull that literally probably drove most of us here or we were going to be ending up in the madhouse. And so uh, I find it um, interesting, too, that uh, Mr. Bopp is an amateur um, astronomer, and he's from Arizona, Glendale, Arizona, and he just happened to be uh, one evening looking out and discovered that comet. The same time, within just a few minutes' time, another astronomer in New Mexico, uh, a professional astronomer named Hale, um, also discovered it. Isn't it interesting that it's in this area here in Arizona and New Mexico that that comet was discovered. Wonder if that's a coincidence. You could play with that one if you want. Since planetary headquarters is in Arizona, Jesus constantly reminded his apostles not to remain in their old patterns of perception. That in order to walk into this new revelation that he was bringing, they had to become brand new in their ways of seeing and responding. And by the way. When the fourth epical revelation, Jesus, came to this planet, was born, there was a large new star in the sky. And um, the Urantia book has a few things to say about it. Of course, a lot of people have built up a lot of <coughs> bigger things around it. But it's interesting that with the fourth epical revelation, there was a star. And um, <clears throat> so sometimes I, um, in the Bible it talks about uh, in these... Um, in times that there'll be signs, many, many different signs in the sky. And people on this planet 
over the history of humankind on this planet has always attached great significance to unusual happenings in the sky. And we know that a lot of that's based on superstition, um, and there's often a scientific explanation, but the timing is so interesting. We also know that astrology on this planet, the understanding of astrology is extremely limited, and 99% of it is based on superstition. But we also know that there is uh, a higher astrology. When you tap into revelation and become a cosmic scientist, I guess you could say, there's no one walking around on this planet right now that is that type of astrologer. At times, these signs in the skies do have tremendous significance. Jesus' apostles were often shocked by what he said. I think some of you probably can remember when you tap into your memory circuits about how shocked you were. In this shock, he had many inner conflicts as they struggled with this new information that challenged their traditional ways of looking at things. And again, I'm sure that all of us apostles of the divine new order have, have struggled with those things too. He even had to periodically give his apostles and, dis and disciples some time to rest and recuperate after he'd given them a certain sermon, especially after his second Marantia appearance to them. After he had given them a little um, sermon, uh, he could tell that they were like blown away. So he said to them, quote, You may tarry here and in Galilee for a short season while you recover from the shock of the transition from the false security of the authority of traditionalism to the new order of the authority of facts, truth, and faith in the supreme realities of living experience. Uh, on page uh, 2084 in the Urantia book, we're told that modern culture must become spiritually baptized with a new revelation of Jesus' life and illuminated with a new understanding of his gospel of eternal revelation. We're told also that Jesus' kingdom of heaven, which today is the fourth, and the fifth and continuing revelation, is, quote, itself a new standard of moral values, a new ethical yardstick wherewith to measure human conduct. It portrays the ideal of a resultant new order of human society. Find that on page um, 1859, and it's in the section on uh, the kingdom of heaven and Jesus' teaching on the kingdom of heaven. We're told that, quote, Christianity even now willingly goes the first mile, but mankind languishes and stumbles along in moral darkness because there are so few genuine second milers. So few professed followers of Jesus who really live and love as he taught his disciples to live and love and serve. The call to the adventure of building a new and transformed human society by means of the spiritual rebirth of Jesus' brotherhood of, king, of the kingdom should thrill all who believe in him as men have not been stirred 
since the day they walked about on earth as his companions in the flesh. No social system or political <coughs> regime which denies the reality of God can contribute in any constructive and lasting manner to the advancement of human civilization. But Christianity, as it is subdivided and secularized today, presents the greatest single obstacle to its further advancement. We're told in the Urantia book, in, in the section I was talking about the future, there is no excuse for the involvement of the church in commerce and politics. Such unholy alliances are a flagrant betrayal of the master. That's pretty strong language, isn't it, to be using against people who claim to love Jesus so much. But they've made some unholy alliances. And in their error, they have betrayed the master that they love so much. And the genuine lovers of truth will be slow to forget that this powerful institutionalized church <coughs> has often dared to smother newborn faith and persecute truth bearers who chance to appear in unorthodox raiment. We can think of Francis and, and the struggles that went on with Francis. He worked so hard to be approved by Rome. We can think of uh, Wycliffe and Martin Luther, and, and we can go on and on. But people who tried to bring in a new aspect to Christianity, but they were unorthodox, and the church persecuted him. Again, the Urantia book says, if the Christian <coughs> church would only dare to espouse the master's program, would only dare to, thousands of apparently indifferent youths would rush forward to enlist in such a spiritual undertaking, and they would not hesitate to go all the way through with this great adventure. Well, this information that here that I just read uh, came out in 1935. So there was still a little hope for the Christian church. And there were some little revivals and renewal movements that happened within the church. One of the ones that um, we've talked about is the one in 1966 that began in 1966 that was the charismatic renewal movement that basically that movement was a renewal in the hearts of individuals within not only the Catholic Church, it started in the Catholic Church, but it spread to the Protestant denominations too. But it was a, a movement away from just these empty rituals and, and memorized prayers and, and that type of thing into a movement of a connection with the universal Father of all through Jesus, Michael of Nebadon. So there was, um, that renewal then was um, a, cl a close personal relationship with the Father. But what happened is they stayed in the church and they didn't change the church. The church hasn't changed because the Pope didn't go through that renewal. Most of the major bishops in the Catholic Church 
as well as the Protestant churches. Protestant churches have bishops too. They didn't go through that renewal. They're still stuck, just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees were in Jesus' time. And so it impacted certain individuals within the church, but it hasn't changed the big Christianity um, movement at all. And it didn't change the Urantia movement. And so they're still caught in those empty, sterile traditions. They didn't dare to espouse the master's program. And so those thousands of youths, youth, have, they have dropped out of the church. And you don't have a lot of youth clamoring to read the Urantia book either. You don't have the young people in the Urantia movement either. So now it's up to us. We're the ones that are, going, are daring to espouse the master's program. The Urantia book also says that the great hope of Urantia lies in the possibility of a new revelation of Jesus with a new and enlarged presentation of his saving message which would spiritually unite in loving service the numerous families of his present-day professed followers. A lot of people think that's the families of the different churches, but since the, the people entrenched in the churches are not doing it, what families? Why is it this called the cosmic family? All the vault, the continuing fifth epical revelation. It's not called the Urantia book part two. It's called the cosmic family volume one, two, three, four, five. We're going to keep going. Why? Why? Because the ministry here is to spiritually unite in loving service the numerous families of his present-day professed followers, Urantian and Starseed alike. So it's the regathering of all those families. And some of us have been families and been together for thousands of years on other worlds and other universes, not just on this world. So it's coming together in a spiritual unity. Also from the Urantia book, Christianity suffers under a great handicap because it has become identified in the minds of all the world as a part of the social system, the industrial life, and the moral standards of Western civilization. And thus has Christianity unwittingly seen to sponsor a society which staggers under the guilt of tolerating science without idealism, politics without principles, wealth without work, hmm. <laughs> pleasure without restraint, knowledge without character, power without conscience. And that's that dial power then and industry without morality. The hope of modern Christianity is that it should cease to sponsor the social systems and industrial policies of Western civilization while it humbly bows itself before the cross it so valiantly extols, there to learn anew from Jesus of Nazareth the greatest truths mortal man can ever hear the living gospel of the fatherhood of God 
and the brotherhood of man, learning anew. Unfortunately, that hope for modern Christianity is only going to be found in those people who grasp anew the revelation that's coming forth in the Urantia book and the Cosmic Family volumes. And the Christian movement and the Urantia movement are not rising to that occasion. We would love to connect and link with hundreds of thousands of other groups all across the planet. But we have to have a spiritual unity and we have to unite in bringing forth the revelation. We cannot unite in continuing to perpetuate the sick societies that are on this planet and the sick religions that are part of the sick societies on this planet. And that's what all, all these other organizations that want change, realize there needs to be a change and everything, they aren't willing to take in that revelation and they aren't willing to seize supporting those societies. And that's the problem. We've reached out and asked them. We cannot compromise. We have to be extremists. That's what we're being asked. And those organizations and groups of people, no matter how wonderful they are, no matter how wonderful their ideals are, they aren't going to cut it. They aren't going to make the changes they want. They haven't for decades. And they're not going to, no matter how good they sound, if they don't tap into this revelation and if they don't withdraw completely from all aspects of the sick culture. And they're not doing it. They're only in the first mile. They're not willing to do the second mile. The second mile is being involved in this ministry in some way. There isn't any time to wait around anymore. And we're all aware of that. And so are so many of the people of the planet. That's why they're feeling they have this false security in this country. Oh, we have economic stability. What in the heck does that mean? And it goes on and on. And yet they're shaking inside. Why? Because the deep part of them, the God part of them, the real part of them, knows, knows that it is not fine, that there is going to be the shift and change, and they're being pushed. You can't just run the first mile. You've got to go the second mile. And until they jump in and do it, that's what's going to happen. Thank you. Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase. An ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at uaspr.org.